how Alabama won the 2018 NCAA title. Coach Saban went for the upside. He had no choice. Blinded by the upside. Sometimes the risks of a decision are not visible or obvious. We may be in a familiar situation and overestimate our abilities and mentally minimize the risks since we have done something many times without a problem. Other times, it may be a new situation and we run into the problem of we don't know what we don't know. Be focused on, but not blinded by the upside of your decision, but be sure you can identify and live with the downside. Alabama football coach Nick Saban took an enormous risk in going for the upside of a win in the 2018 championship game. He was also one of the few who understood the downside of his decision. Being blinded by the upside is one of the seven deadly stupidities. It was halftime of the 2018 NCAA football championship and Alabama was trailing Georgia by a score of 13 to zero. As the second half started, the Alabama quarterback, Jalen Hurts, was on the bench. Going into the game, Hurts was 26-2 over the previous two seasons, with one of those losses being in the previous year's championship game. The new quarterback to start the second half for Alabama was unknown freshman Tua Tahagliavola. At the game-watching party I attended, people went crazy. What the heck was Alabama coach Nick Saban thinking? How could he throw a freshman out there in the middle of the biggest game of the year? Oh goodness, now Alabama won't cover the point spread. So, what was Coach Saban thinking? Let's learn a little about Saban and Alabama football, and you will realize the logic used by Saban to take such a risk and to go for the upside, despite the obvious downside. In 16 seasons as head coach at Alabama, from 2006 to 2022, Saban's teams had 194 wins and 27 losses for an astonishing 88% winning percentage. During that time, Alabama had won six national championships and mixed in two undefeated seasons. In other words, an Alabama loss was not something that happened. They always won. Anything short of a national championship is a failed season at Alabama. Alabama football only knew the upside. Like many things in life, success begets success in college football. If Alabama keeps winning, more of the top high school prospects will play there, showcase their talents on the best team in the biggest games, and enhance their chances of getting drafted into the National Football League and earning financial security for their families. Alabama starts tracking athletes well before they enter high school and has a database of thousands of prospects. A single recruiting day at an Alabama football game, which I happened to be at once, could include 400 high school players and their families with choice seats and field passes. All of this to land a few dozen incoming freshmen each year. On the other end of things, it has been common for a half or more of Alabama's 22 starting players 
to be drafted into the NFL each year. In order to get a sense of how competitive it is to be on the field at a place like Alabama, let me tell you a story where I have some personal connection. A relative of mine was being inducted into the University of Florida Sports Hall of Fame, and I was in the audience. Florida has won national championships in football, just not as many as Alabama. One of the other inductees was Eric Rett, a Florida running back who went on to play seven seasons in the NFL. He was an accomplished player in the NFL. But what about his time at Florida? Like all heavily recruited scholarship players at top schools, Rhett was a superstar in high school. As he told the story during his acceptance speech, he landed at Florida on a defensive scholarship, but his heart was on offense. And why not? He just finished running people over and scoring touchdowns at will in high school while being a great defensive player and two-time state wrestling champion. Rhett was persistent about wanting to be a running back, and the coaches finally relented and made him one. The next day at practice, Rhett was listed as the number six running back on the depth chart. Massive laughter from the audience. He needed to prove he was better than five other players just to get on the field in a game. Well, over the course of a season, he made it all the way to the number two spot on the chart. He was elated. Only problem was that the number one running back was a guy named Emmett Smith. Smith held all the running records at Florida and went on to become the leading rusher in NFL history. Rhett stuck it out until Smith left for the pros. Rhett then reset all the Florida rushing records and went on to his NFL career. Nothing is easy, especially in college football. Like Coach Saban, his quarterback Hertz was a winner. Hertz was a power lifter growing up and had the unusual combination of arm strength and foot speed that made him difficult to defend. He could beat you with his passing and just as easily break off a run where you could bulldoze defensive players out of the way or simply outrun them. In his first season as a starter at Alabama, Hertz led the team to a 13-1 record before losing the national championship by the thinnest of margins to a miracle comeback by Georgia. That season included 11 straight wins at one point. In his second season, he again led the team to a 13-1 record entering the championship. So how could Coach Saban pull Hurts at halftime? Despite all the success the team had with Hurts going into the game, Alabama was trailing at halftime and was ineffective on offense, barely recording positive yardage in the first half. Time for a huge but calculated risk all part of being blinded by the upside. Tua came in to start the second half and led the team to one of the most amazing high-stake comebacks in all of sports. Highlights included a last-minute touchdown pass to seal the victory. Did Saban know Tua was capable of such things? Only Saban knows whether this is true, but go back to the example of Eric Red at Florida. If Tua was able to fight his way into the number two quarterback slot as a freshman, we know he was good. He had to climb his way up from the bottom of the class. And remember, just to get on the team at Alabama, he had to be all-world in high school. So, Tua faced incredible competition, like Rhett, to make it to the number two quarterback position. 
Did Alabama and Tua get a little lucky in the second half? Sure, but that's sports. Saban was losing the biggest game on the biggest stage, and he made the decision that he would do whatever it took to win, even if it meant benching his star quarterback in favor of an unknown freshman. Saban had a massive database to use in his decision. He coached Tua every day in practice, and he knew what he could do. Saban was also willing to live with the consequences and worst-case outcomes of his decision. It would have been easy to leave Hurts in the game, and if Alabama lost, there would have been little criticism of Hurts, Saban, or Alabama football beyond what a great game Georgia played and how they bottled up Alabama on offense. Saban understood the downside of going for it. If Alabama lost, Saban would never be forgiven for pulling Hurts. Forget, forget about the wins and the national championship trophies in the Alabama Athletic Center. He would have been run out of town and into a witness protection program. But he didn't care since he made his unemotional decision and was willing to live with the downside. Saban had an accurate factual base for his decision. Hertz was having a bad game, Alabama was losing, and he had two ready to go. Of course, Saban wanted the upside of the win. But more importantly, he understood and was willing to accept the downside of his decision. Afterward, the year after the dramatic Tua-led Alabama win in the 2018 championship, Tua was named the starting quarterback and Hurts was the backup. To advance to the playoffs and have a shot at back-to-back national championships, the 12-0 Alabama team needed to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Midway through the game with Alabama trailing, Tua went down with an injury. What happened next? You guessed it. Hertz came in and led Alabama to a wild come-from-behind victory and a spot in the playoff. The next year, Hertz left Alabama and played his final college year at Oklahoma, another perennial college football powerhouse. He broke several school records and posted a 12-2 record, which included a loss in the playoff semifinals. A win in that semifinal game would have set up an Alabama vs. Oklahoma and Tua vs. Hurts national championship game. Both Tua and Hurts went on to successful NFL careers. Hurts and his Philadelphia Eagles had the best record in the NFL in 2022 and lost in the Super Bowl by a field goal. He subsequently signed one of the largest contracts in NFL history. After the departures of Tua and Hertz, Saban added his sixth national championship a year later. Scroll down for videos of the Tua and Hertz-led comebacks. (laughs) 